Yo, welcome back to another episode of Unapologetically Black. This is December. It's cold up here in Cleveland. But today, uh, I am your host, E. King, and Justice is doing his thing in Miami. He's probably unicycling somewhere. So we're going to do something a little special this time. We're going to do part two of part 20 where we had uh black fathers now on we're going to go ahead and continue to spotlight uh black podcasters so to avoid from sounding too much like a fanboy i'm gonna go ahead and introduce these brothers uh we have two-thirds uh black on black cinema here and once again we're gonna we're gonna go down and we're gonna talk about how just this evolution of black um black podcast at least at least from um, just to be honest from the points that i've been paying attention to just see what these brothers have to offer as it relates to uh what they've seen and how I know Jay and I know Micah, I, you guys have come up with a lot of different shows and just how you guys started this process. So without further ado, I want to go ahead and introduce the brothers from uh, Black on Black Cinema. We got Jay, you there, bro? Hello, how are you guys? And then we got Micah, you there, bro? Hey, what's up? <laughs> All right, so uh, there are two parts, or actually, we're going we're gonna to do it like this. We're going to do three parts. Uh, the first part, or what we normally do, is we jump right into uh, your views on being black and your views, really your views of being black within America. But before we get get go down that road, give us a little background on how you guys, I, I found you guys on Black and Black Cinema, I think it was the Fences episode, and was oddly enough, uh, when I found you guys, I was looking for more content as it relates to some commentary as it re- uh, to the movie. Now, it was interesting that that movie within our friend group caused a lot of dissonance because uh, we put we pretty much put it out there like, hey, black men don't really communicate and how you feel about it. And so when that when that movie came out and when we went back and forth, I wanted to find more commentary from black voices. And that's how I found you guys. But. So whomever want to go ahead and tell me, how did you guys start off, start down this road? Um, I guess I'll start. Um, so we so Black on Black Cinema is in our our first podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a we have a whole podcast network um, that we created. But um, in 2012, after about a year of doing um, another show, which is another movie based show, but more more general, mm-hmm. um, we decided that. Uh, there was originally four of us and we had just were friends and we were you know, having a conversation about, Oh, this would be a kind of a, it's sort of more from like a funny joke idea into uh, what it is now. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was just, we, we kind of decided that it was going to be like one, the name was important to us uh, as far as trying to sort of undercut the idea of when you think black on black, normally the next word is violence. Right. right. So right. we wanted to, we wanted to sort of undercut that um, like my, my like weird fantasy goal is that when you type in black on black, uh, cinema comes up, uh, before violence, mm. you know, like on Google, mm-hmm. like eventually at some, mm-hmm. right, that would be, <laughs> okay. um, but then the other, the other side of it was, you know, there, there are tons of movie review podcasts and mm-hmm. shows, but there is, there are very few there. There's a couple now since we started, I guess we are like kind of the OGs of, uh, of this sort of, uh, arena, mm-hmm. but there were none that we had found that were talking about specifically black movies and doing what exactly what we do, which is not only go through the movies and review them like really in depth, but to also, uh, deal with black issues that arise in those movies. Right. So you're like, for, for instance, like fences, um, when we reviewed that, we really dug into like our issues with, our fathers mm-hmm. and like the, mm-hmm. you know, black fatherhood and 
you know, like our thoughts for, you know, if we had kids and our relationships with our parents and things right. like that and, and communication between black folks and marriages and things like that. So like we dig in, we get really super personal about stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's always been our goal is people, some, some mixture of our own personal conversations, which range wildly from being completely comedic and inappropriate mm-hmm. to um, getting super serious. Right. And, you know, when you hear the show, that is us. <laughs> right. Like that is, it's not us acting. Right. So it is like, if people want to know what do we like outside of the show, man, that's it. <laughs> I really appreciate so. that, man. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Cause y'all, y'all had me cracking up. Y'all had me. And I can't believe that actually people watch, I guess on YouTube and expect to see the movie. That's actually kind of funny. Um, yeah, when y'all, when y'all bring that up. <laughs> So we you, have to because it's a hard time every time. <laughs> so you guys know each other. So if I remember correctly, and I've listened to quite a bit, it sounds like you two knew each other, or you guys met uh, somewhere a little further along the line, and then y'all decided to do this. Is that about right? Am I getting that right? So we uh, we met in 1994, mm-hmm. um, and uh, my my parents' neighbor was a mutual friend of. Uh, his parents mm-hmm. and we were going into high school. We didn't know each other. And, uh, I don't know about Jay's mom, but my mom was like, well, uh, maybe we should let him meet a, meet a friend so that he won't, uh, so that he'll know somebody, you know, cause That's I'm, 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 That's the thing. Right, cause I was kind of, a, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a, uh, I wasn't a jock. I wasn't, a, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, I wasn't super popular. So, okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So they set up a uh, they set up a, a quite literally a man date right and um, <laughs> between uh, myself Jay and this guy named Eric uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, at a at a pizza hut <laughs> and um, yeah it just kind of kicked off from there we've been friends all through high school. Um, now who was the know, who, who was the thief? Oh, that's that's a number of years later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, my fault. My fault. Oh, which one of us was the criminal? Right. Yeah. Oh, oh, that was me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I was I was uh, I was the ringleader. Okay. And, uh, Jay, Jay was guilty by association. I feel that man. I feel yeah, that. I, I may or may not have participated, depending on what the statute of limitations is that came out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Buffalo. I didn't mean I didn't mean to bring that up though, but I I just find that funny, man. I appreciate y'all friendship, and uh, black men need to have more friends. That's why, like I said, I got a friend. I got a friend group of like eight or nine. Actually, one committed suicide uh, a couple years ago. But we got we we've been standing strong, standing together. And anytime I see black friendships, it's just uh, beautiful. So y'all met in '94. Just to bring it full circle, I graduated high school in '94. So you guys are are much younger than me. I'm 44. So you guys are much okay. younger. So y'all doing great things at a young age. So I appreciate that. So before we get before we get into our topic, I want to go ahead and just start with our basic question. And we ask everybody this. So whoever want to go first. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Micah. Um, so this show is called Unapologetically Black. We talk about black issues. We talk about black everything. Um, so our first question that we ask everybody is, when did you be uh, first become aware of your blackness? In America, that is. Um, I, I've always known, you know, that, that, yeah, I'm, I'm black, right? Like, <laughs> right. I went to, I mean, oh, obviously, right. <laughs> uh, but I grew up, I grew up in, um, a, a Jewish neighborhood. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when I was uh, growing up, my I was one of three black kids uh, in my elementary school. And then it got a little blacker when I got into middle school because, mm-hmm. you know, black folk came in. Right. Uh, they moved out of the out of the cities and into the counties. That's how you know you made it. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And um, and um, uh, so I've I've always been uh, surrounded by um, a healthy mixture of people. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really hit me until um, one day. And this is very not recent, but. Uh, I went up to Boston for a, for mm. a video game conference. Mm-hmm. Um, this was maybe seven, eight years ago. Okay. And I, I told this story once, and I, it's not a story that I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I went to Boston, it was the first time I was called the N word to my face. Mm. Really? And, Mm. Yeah, and I and I didn't, and I was taken aback, right? Like, because mm-hmm. you know, and look, it, you know, it was this, it was this drunk white guy. I was in the bathroom. He was he was drunk and stumbling, and and he was blocking, you know, he's blocking the way. So I kind of pushed him out the way, and he, you know, yeah, 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 n word, right? And I'm just like, you know, I could, and and then it's one of those, it's one of those. Well, what do you do now, right? Right, like, right, right. Like, do I do I do I punch this guy and get you know satisfaction for all my people, or do I risk being thrown in a Boston prison? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and and I decided I decided to keep that episode of when keeping it real goes wrong off. Right. Like, and I just was like, you know what? Let me just roll this off off my back. But that was the first real time where it was like, wow, yo, like. Like I've always known that that black people get treated a certain way, right? But I've been, I've I've been in my bubble for uh, decades at this point, <laughs> and it's like wow, all right, it happened to me. Wow, like yeah, I'm not different. It's just, it's just <laughs> like am- it's just amazing how many different stories we get about that. I mean, it's just just amazing that whole idea of when you realize that. I've had guests say that they didn't realize it, you know, until in Shakers, one of our more affluent mixed neighborhoods up in here in Cleveland, and she didn't realize she was black until her black friends in Cleveland, and it, it you know, was like, where your where your black friends at? And it's just amazing how that changes, and for each person has that that hammer hit him differently and yours happened. I appreciate, you know, yours happened later on in life and trying to, you know, that cognitive, like, what do I do next type of deal? You know, that mindset. Cause a lot of right. people don't think that way. They don't have it. They don't have that thought. <laughs> they just go, they just go oh, straight yeah. forward. So I appreciate that. What, what about you, Jay? Um, it, ironically, you know, Mike and I lived, um, in different parts of the sort of, uh, the Baltimore area mm-hmm. and, our experiences are weirdly very similar, which I think is the reason why we've gotten along and are such close friends all these years. Um, but for me, I also grew up in a, I grew up in a black neighborhood that was very much adjacent to a Jewish neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Ironically, I, I just moved back into this area. Um, but like the block I lived on was one could say unapologetically black. Like it was super <laughs> black and, um, and so, like, that was the block I lived on. So, like, that block and a couple blocks around it were like, yeah, I just felt like, you know, it's like uh, Brooklyn in every Spike Lee movie. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Brooklyn. <laughs> but, all, like, 
<laughs> one block and it's great and it's beautiful. Right. Um, and I, I realized that I was different when I was not on that block, but sort of, you know, close by in mm-hmm. a more like sort of Jewish area, mm-hmm. uh, where I had, um, I was like walking, I, I, I don't know, maybe like nine, 10 years old, I guess. And a little girl and I didn't interact, interacted with white people all the time. Like it just mm-hmm. was not an issue for me. And a little girl just, I remember saw me and like grabbed her sister and like pulled her close and like really kind of was like, Ooh, you know, like mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. like this real negative reaction, almost like, you know, the classic, elev- you know, in an elevator, grab your purse kind of thing. Right. Right. And, and even at like 10 years old, I was like, Oh, okay. That's clearly because I'm black. Like I, I, I remember mm-hmm. like having that thought. Um, no one had to say anything, you know, it, but it was just one of those things like, okay, clearly the world sees me differently. Right. I mean, you know, 50% of my 50, 50% of my friends in school were black and 50% were white mm. or, or other. Right. Um, so it wasn't like, Ooh, you know, my, some big shock to me to interact with people who aren't black, mm. but it just, I just remember like at home and on my block, it was this, you know, the sort of the solace of, mm of blackness, but then just slightly outside mm. dealing with that uh, on that occasion. So I think that shaped me in a lot of ways because it, it let me know that even though I have friends who are not all black, there are still black, there are still non-black people out there who have these views. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it sort of kept me abreast of how to put people into categories rather quickly. Um, and then, you know, the, the other thing that I realized is, like a little later on in life, um, when I kind of moved off that block, probably you know maybe five or six years later, um, the the idea of my friends growing up, some of my friends being successful, and then some of my friends like literally becoming drug addicts. Mm-hmm. I remember that being like a shock to me because right. of my white friends, they didn't have anyone they knew like that, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, that's like no, like nobody's nobody's on crack like that's weird and then i realized like okay no it's because our our even though we live mm-hmm. not too far from each other or we go to the same school our life experiences are so massively different mm. and in knowing that it, it's just again it's just a way for me to kind of put people in and that this sounds kind of kind of mean but it, it's a way for me to put people in boxes no, that's to real. an extent no, that's real so that i know so so i know where to compartmentalize right. that's so, real yeah, but that, and I think that's what blackness is. A lot of times in this country is for for a lot of um, uh, black Americans. I can only right. speak for, but right. just that idea of having to com- compartmentalize our experiences, mm-hmm. like what we deal with, what our what what we see other black people deal with, like mm-hmm. better or worse than us, mm-hmm. um, what what we see white people who are doing better than us, what they seemingly deal with, and white people who are bigoted towards mm-hmm. us, right? Um, and then there's, you know, there's like that weird amalgam of white people who like, we just like, they're over there. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to learn to do that really early. What's interesting. I just had, um, I did a, did uh two shows. So, uh, today I did an earlier show today and, and one of a uh, guy that I went to college with, um, he's touring in, uh, 
where is he at? Italy right now. And so we were discussing about how his juxtaposed to blackness as it relates to overseas. And what he tells me is that people, you know, over there, if you're a black American, you're put on a higher, higher plane than if you're African in that area, given the immigration issue. And then mm-hmm. the second thing that he's going through that he noticing, and I had to, I had to really try to figure this out with this, with, with what he was trying to say, is the blackness over there a novelty or is it something to where um, that they actually want? Because here, when we're trending, we're most popular. We're always popular when we're trending. But over there, what he's what he told me is that people walk up to him and say, "I wish I was black," and so he has to look at him doubly. You know, look at him like, you know, we don't have that back in America. And so that just the pose of outside of America the American black appears to have a, a little bit more pull in different areas, given what you do. And that's, you know, cause he's an artist, you know, given what you do. And so he, he said that today and it, it just blew my mind because that idea of blackness as it relates to, I mean, all we know is the shame of slavery and this and that, but what they know is, is look what these black people are doing and being a black American. I, I know for a fact, people look at it differently. Just like you said, you know, the idea that nobody is a crack, you know, is, is, you know, have a, a uncle or cousin in, in jail or whatever have you going outside and in different races, we don't, that's not there. And it was just interesting hearing you say that and hearing what Micah say and some of the things that he's dealing with in Italy. Have you guys ever traveled overseas and, and gotten that idea or seen anything like uh, that? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Okay. I've been to, um, I've been to, uh, Paris, Rome, mm-hmm. Amsterdam, London. Like I've, of uh and all this is recent right Mm -hmm. and i remember being in i remember being in paris and uh we were at a we were at a restaurant and i was talking to the owner while i was waiting for my wife to you know finish up with her friends Mm -hmm. and um and the guy was talking to me he was like yeah you know i really don't understand um uh all the you know, race issues you guys have you know black white whatever man it don't Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter here man you know what i mean and then he said, but the Muslims, well, that's different. <laughs> that's you know? exactly what he I'm said. Like, that's wow, exactly yo. what that's he was exactly talking what about. what he said, man. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I get not to his credit, but the, the, there was a recent terror attack that mm-hmm. happened yeah. uh, mm-hmm. over there. And, but still, it's like, oh, okay, you, you just, you, your prejudice just is a lighter shade of brown. Right. Right, 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 yeah. right. The different shade. What you got, Jay, on that before we head to our break? Um, I, I don't. So I had two very interesting experiences overseas. Micah knows these stories. Uh, I was in um, I was in Singapore, and <laughs> I was I was yeah. This is funny. So for people who don't know, I'm only five nine. Like I'm not a tall guy at all. And like, mm-hmm. that's a running joke in, in the network because everyone else is like well <laughs> over six feet. Okay. Um, and so I, I get, I get to Singapore. I'm literally there for five minutes and I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm going to walk over to this mall and I walk over to a mall and I'm in there for like two seconds. And this woman, you know, they've got like the carts of, you know, people selling, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And this woman is like, and she's clearly of, of Chinese origin. Um, and she says, she was like, Oh, you look just like, you look just like Kobe Bryant. Mm. Oh, let me, t- you know, let me see. And I was like, one, that, that's offensive. Uh, I look nothing like Kobe Bryant. Um, and then she's like, let me see your skin. And she's like, 
She's like trying to sell me like skin lightening cream. Um, and you know, it's just like, Oh, you know, look, it <laughs> removes the blemish. I'm like if you don't get off of me lady, like, but she, but she was trying like from her perspective, right. <laughs> she was saying how like beautiful the skin is. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, if it was just a little lighter and like, Oh, you know, she's like going on and on and on. Like it was like, she, in her mind thought it right. was very complimentary. And right. Like that. And I'm like, it's nah, like super nah. <laughs> um so like i've had those issues i've had the issue i was in um um oh god where was i um i can't remember the, uh cyprus okay and which is near greece mm -hmm. and so i was there and i get into a cab and the first thing the guy says oh do you play football or basketball <laughs> No one, no one looking at me thinks I play either. <laughs> it's just not a thing. And I was like, yeah, I played both. And then he offered like to get me hookers because apparently uh, black dudes all come hey, to Cyprus. Hey, that's that's what. Like, there oh. you go. There you go. <laughs> I was like, no, you dropped me off in my hotel. Thank you. I'm wow, good. man. So, <laughs> all right. So yeah, we go. It's a it's a weird it's a weird scenario when you go overseas. But I I do I always encourage people you should travel uh, yeah. internationally as much as possible because yeah. it gives you a it gives you a rounder view of right. the world. <laughs> and not just you know, not just from your stoop. Good or good or bad. Good or bad. I was gonna say that. Good or bad. Good or bad. They try to Sammy Sosa you and lighten your skin up, huh? That's funny. Yeah, no, I know, man. <laughs> I look like all three all three colors in a Neapolitan ice cream box. Like, no, I'm good. Oh it's man, okay. we're gonna take a break, man. We're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back and jump into the topic of the day. That's uh the topic is black podcasters. So you are listening to Unapologetically Black. Welcome back, Unapologetically Black. I'm your host, E. King. Just Ice is out. We got two brothers from Black on Black Cinema plus a bunch of other uh uh, podcast we got brother jay we got brother micah so we're gonna jump into this right so like i said this is essentially the part two of one of our uh, part two of episode 20 when we were talking about black podcasters so if you do a search for black podcast you come up with a list of 2017 or whatever have you so you have code switch the nod black tapes and all these other ones and uh all these other black podcasters and so when we decided, when me and the co-host decided to do this, this podcast, we ran into, uh, he and I debated quite a bit about the name. He wanted it to be unapologetic. I wanted it to be unapologetically black. The reason why I chose the name and I, I, I said, you know, I was, I was solid on that name is because it goes back to the old days of, of the black newspaper post post-slavery, uh, post-reconstruction to where individuals in Alabama, if they wanted to know if folks in Detroit, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, or whatever, wanted to know they had the Pittsburgh Courier, they had the, they had a Defender, they had all these, all, all these uh, uh, newspapers. And, in, and what I'm seeing is a new revolution on, and it may not be new, and it, like I said, I'm new to this, and this is just something that I've decided to do just to get my voice out. But to me, it just seems like we're getting more and more content out into the public. And as you stated, you have a whole media or a whole podcasting company that you decided to have a bunch of content and sending out. Are you noticing that this this whole idea of black podcasting is something that is uh, uh, I don't know, you know, how much history you guys read adjacent to or similar to what was going on with the black newspaper, you know, post slavery, reconstruction, Jim Crow, all those all that time. Uh, Mike, do you want to go? Um, yeah, I never actually really thought of it like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I do see a lot of parallels now that you bring it up. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the fact that, um, technology is allowing us to get our voices out there. Mm -hmm. okay. Um, even, even now, if you look at 
um, conventional forms of broadcasting and media, you don't see too many black voices, let alone black owned voices. Correct. And I'm talking like there's, there's radio one, mm-hmm. there's the Afro mm-hmm. and you know, that, and BET mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and while I don't necessarily, I, while I do appreciate the fact that our voices are getting out there, our voices also need to be out there on, um, other mediums, not just ones that we build. Right. Of course we have to build them, right? right. Like that's our bird. Right. Is that we have to build them to quote unquote, prove that we are quote unquote worthy to, to be on different outlets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I do think that there is a benefit to both. Mm-hmm. Like some people, some people will, uh, use their blackness as a shield to shield themselves out from the outside world. Mm-hmm. Nah, man, like you use that shield to bash down those, those barriers. Right. And to make people, make people listen to you and care about you and mm-hmm. understand you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you got Jay on that one? Yeah, look, I, I think, I think Micah is, is correct. You know, technology is, is one of those sort of great liberators in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, because once, once, you know, podcasting, I always think of is, is like modern day ham radio, basically, right. Mm-hmm. Where people were just making these little radios in their house and communicating with people and, you know, and just doing their own thing. And once podcasting became inexpensive enough mm-hmm. that anybody could do it. And like people had enough knowledge where it was like online. If you had questions, you can ask people and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. That was, that was, that was it. This game was over. Right. Because once, once those sort of blueprints are out there, black people by our own nature is like, we are um, subversive to systems. Like mm-hmm. we just are because we've had to be right. Like we're never going to be, I mean, maybe in the future when, you know, everything is, is fixed. I don't know what year that is. I'm waiting on it. But, right. um, but until we get there, we are always going to be uh, second guess from the jump mm-hmm. in any medium or any platform. So we have to, we have to break into those platforms any way that we can. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they messed up, right? They, they screwed up and said, Oh, you can have your own radio show mm-hmm. and do whatever you want and say whatever you want and be as honest or as black or as whatever you want to be. And mm-hmm. black people took that and we ran with it. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is social media is largely run by us, right? right? Like That's true. we are, we, at least in this country, we are the tastemakers. We are the people who push trends and things like that. We are. So it to me, it's not surprising that black podcasting has exploded mm-hmm. so much, and and I love it mm-hmm. because for a while the only people podcasting all looked like somebody who worked at NPR, right? Exactly. Like, That's true. I mean, they still kind of run a lot right. of the big shows, obviously, right? Because uh, they have the money, but when it comes to smaller shows, like mm-hmm. our voice is there, and mm-hmm. it, and it's and it's and it's not just. 20 shows here and there every year. There are tons. And like those lists are great, I think. But I think a lot of times there are, there are tons of smaller shows that are doing really great work. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not even talking about us. I I, I think there are plenty of other black shows that do really great, unique programming Mm -hmm. and and they do it very well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, look, I'm a, I'm a tech person. I'm a tech head. Um, I kind of always have been. So I always kind of put my, my faith, 
less in people mm-hmm. um, opening the doors for us, mm-hmm. but us pushing those doors open for ourselves. Like Micah said, you don't, you know, if you get a platform, you don't use that platform to just, I don't believe like our show um, specifically black on black cinema, like our probably our demographics. I don't know exactly, but I would guess our demographics are probably like 75, 25 black to white gotcha. or black to other. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe 70, 30. Mm-hmm. And, I've never been the type of person like, yo, I want it to be 99.9% black and, you know, a couple Asian people listen, that's fine. Like, no, I'm, we, we designed the show mm-hmm. around a specific voice in a specific conversation. We do not curb that conversation mm-hmm. because 30% of our audience is not black. And what I think is when people hear, oh, these guys are just talking to their specific audience and they're not mm-hmm. moving off of that. I think that's what attracts people, black and white or or whatever. So I, I think that technology has allowed us to just get our voice out there that we would never have been able to. So, hey, if somebody wants to pick us up on a larger platform, that's great. But right now we're going to take this one. Going and you and what's interesting, you said that uh, one of the things that stood out is that you'd rather be mediocre and doing it the way that you want to than than connect with a, a, a higher or more affluent uh, podcasting company and you change the whole thing. But to go back to what you reverse that to where yeah. Micah was talking about Micah, when, when we, when you're looking at the name and you're looking at how it's viewed as in this is speaking specifically towards uh, black individuals, when you have black on black cinema, did you ever get any pushback from people that look like you and act like you and whatever have you from your demographic to where that name should not be that name and I think you should change it? Did you ever, did you ever encounter, encounter that? Um, no, when I, when I tell people about the show, the, the, I think the, the good thing about um, the name is, is, the branding right like Mm -hmm. you know black people know exactly what it is Mm -hmm. and the few white people that i talk to um you know they they look at me kind of cross because they like jay said they hear black on black and they immediately think you know crime Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is which is uh uh sad and it's our little like secret sly way of right trying to break that notion out of people. I can't, you know, what and I you mean? know what's crazy. I didn't, I, I didn't think of that. When I first found you guys, I had zero thought about that. I just thought once again, it was what me and my friends did via email, via Skype, via text. When we go and see a Marvel movie or whatever have you, or, you know, we go, we went to go see a, a, a BS movie and, and we just like, dude, that movie is terrible. This and that. Yeah. I, I didn't see that as they just opposed to black on black violence. And now that you, you put it like that, it's, it's, I guess it's hard for me to even wrap my mind around that because I, I, searched, I searched you guys out for black voices on black movies, not, I guess not for the idea of just opposing or canceling out this stigma that we do have within us. So it, that's just weird. I mean, that's just interesting how you guys came up with the name and it means something for you. And how I found you guys was totally different, totally different. And it was, it's, it's, yeah, it's just different. <laughs> that's all that, that's all on that point. But <laughs> Jay, when you, so if, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the, the head of the, the media company and you're the one that came up with all this. Is that correct? 
Yeah, I'm guilty. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you the one that started. Now, when you when you went out into the world, and and you've answered this, you've answered this already. But what I really want to do is the listeners. I have a fair amount of listeners that are emailing me like, "E, how'd you get this? How'd you do that?" I just simply told them, "Look, I'm a therapist, but I started off com- uh, programming computers when I first went to college, and I just put it all together. I ask questions. When somebody comes up to you and they say, "Look, I want to start, or I want to put my voice out there." What are some things that you that you give them in order to put your their voice out there? Um, well, one, I make sure that they're not uh, in the same uh, realm of podcasting. Then I refuse to help them. No, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> no, I, I I mean I always That's try crazy. to tell people, you know, like the the best thing that you can do is figure out what you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Be passionate about what you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, some people are like, I'm going to do a business podcast because those are really uh, successful. Mm-hmm. If you don't care about that, it's not going to be successful. Right. So mm-hmm. make sure that your voice is being used for something that you really love talking about. Okay. Be okay. consistent. Um, get a good microphone. Don't go crazy and spend $300 because <laughs> you don't know if you're going to do this forever or, or past 15 episodes. Right. Um, and, you know, you know, really, you know, think about, think about what you want to do. And I, I I mean, we spent a good amount of time, a number of weeks really trying to dig in and think about how we were going to do this and what format it was going to be and, and everything else. And I've watched it grow and change since 2012. Like, I don't think we got everything right in the beginning. um, But I think because we were so passionate about what we were talking about, it eventually morphed into what it is now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's on a really good, it's on really good footing. So the the biggest thing I would say is, you know, the equipment and those kind of things you can right now in podcasting, you can get started for like pretty darn cheap. Right. And there's way more information out there than when we started where I'm just like scrounging in, you know, forums, like trying to figure out why this thing isn't recording properly. Right. Um, but you can find all that information. But I, I think what would, really helps people and what really makes a podcast a good one, whatever the topic is that the person talking about it or the person's talking about it, they're passionate about the topic Mm -hmm. and you really have to care. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of it is just practice. Right. 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 Um, True. True. I mean, like I, you know, it's weird to say this just because I, you know, all of us record so many times a week, but I was terrified of public speaking. Mm -hmm. When I started, which is just crazy to me. Um, but now, I mean, I've done public speaking events and things like that. And it's just weird to to me to think about myself like, you know, like in the past. But it's because I do this and and I enjoy it so much. And, mm-hmm. I've you know, I'd like to think I've gotten like pretty decent at it. Um, but, yeah, I would say make sure you have that passion for what mm-hmm. you're talking about. And not not that passion for five minutes. Right. But like. Can you can you can you consistently can you sustain it? Right, consistent. Right. So you're in so you're in Baltimore. You guys are in Baltimore. I'm in Cleveland. And so, like I said, when I decided to do this, this name and unapologetically black, I had a lot of I had a fair amount of not a lot. I had a fair amount of individuals that I call my friends and I call that that stay up here, um, say that they they didn't want to go on to the show because of the name and they really felt as though I should change the name. And I know blackness not only is regional within a city, but it's regional within the, the country as well. And we've had the opportunity to have people on from California, have people on from New York, have people, you know, talking about blackness in Italy. Did you 
Jay, when you decided to, and it's similar question to what my, what uh, what Micah was saying, or that I asked Micah, did you did did you have that pushback? Did you have any pushback um, from individuals that look like you that said, I don't know about this thing called black on black? You know, is there anything else you can call this? I don't know that we ever got any pushback from black people. Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think black folks kind of got it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they were interested in like, Oh, kind of like, what is this all about? Right. And, um, and a couple of people got the, like the sort of play on play on the name and everything mm-hmm. else. But um, no, I think people were generally pretty supportive mm-hmm. Um but I mean, <laughs> this is a little inside baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, we we used to do our sort of our main comic book nerd show that we do. Um, we Mike and I used to host it with someone else, mm-hmm. uh, this this white dude, um, and he thought that he should be on Black on Black Cinema mm. because he wanted to give an outside <laughs> voice okay. um, perspective. And I remember having a conversation with Micah and it was like, what are you talking about? No, this is not for you. And like, that was probably the biggest pushback that we've ever gotten is that our show should be more open to, to others, um, mm-hmm. other voices. And cause I, I've made a blanket rule on the show that, um, there will never be, there will never be a white person okay. uh, on the show. We've had. I've I mean, had I interviewed. One. I interviewed one guy. Yeah. I interviewed a guy who who is who is in fact white. He's another podcaster, but because he was doing a podcast right. basically about the inner city of Baltimore, which I thought was really relevant, but mm-hmm. he wasn't like he's he's never going to be on an episode. You gotcha. know what I mean? So gotcha. like we made we made that pack um, very early on, gotcha. and you know we stuck to it. Yeah, I had uh, had one uh, one a really close friend of mine. Um, and he's a MD or actually he a DO he's a um and he started his cannabis company and so in in Cleveland or in Ohio they cannabis in Cuyahoga County they can he was selected as one of the doctors to actually prescribe medical marijuana and so I brought him on to talk about weed weed in the black community how black people are being pushed out of the industry um when hell we we the ones that actually run an industry but that's another that's another story so i've had one i've had actually one so we're going to we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and what i want to touch on is something that was interesting that the previous podcaster that i spoke about and even something that my co-host and i wish he was here and i know he's going to listen to it and be like he hocked me and asked that but we i want to talk about the responsibility of putting this information out so that's something that we I want to talk about on the other side of that break. So you're listening to Unapologetically Black. Welcome back, Unapologetically Black. This is E. King. We got Michael. We got Jay. We got the brothers from Black on Black Cinema. Um, so on the other side, I broached this, broach this statement, and I wanted to bring this up um, because, like I said, the previous person, uh, his name is uh, Mike D., uh, Mike Dorsey. Um, like I said, he was on episode 20, and he does uh, Black Fathers Now. And he brings in a lot of family-oriented stuff. And he, if you follow him on IG, you follow him on Facebook, a lot of his stuff is related to Black Fathers and Family. And one of the things that he and I went back and forth about, or not even back and forth about, but discussed, was the responsibility of putting this information out. And so what he asked me was, because we did a, sort of like a crossover uh, episode to where he took, um, we spotlighted 
uh, our discussion on mine and he spotlighted it on his. But what he brought up or what he wanted to know is my idea of responsibility in putting this information out. And what I stated to him is um, my wife, my three kids, everybody is on board with this. And so anything that I put out, I stand behind because I have a good base. I have a good base. We've been married for 12 years. Um, she loves she knows me. She understands. She understands this is this is coming from a intellectual standpoint and nothing that either one of my kids, my baby girl or my oldest son, anytime 20 years from now, you know, they go back, they can listen to what dad said and I still stand by it. Do you ever run into that idea of of that responsibility as a as a black person putting this black content out, not only for the community, but also for your, your lineage, the people that, you know, are coming behind you that share your name or share your, your DNA? Um, sometimes I worry. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when I when I get on the microphone, it, it is it is the most honest uh, that I am, mm-hmm. right? And I put, I put myself out there. If you are a fan of of our shows at any point, mm-hmm. you know you know exactly when I met my now wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything we were dating. You know when I got married. You know that I'm about to have a kid. Right. Like I put myself out there, right? Mm-hmm. And and sometimes I wonder, you know, if my child were to go back and listen to this, would he be proud of his father? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that's that's a responsibility that I that I put on myself. Right. I I so yes, I, I think that I think that it's very, very important. And I'm also you know, a believer that a rising tide raises all ships, right? right. Like if you, if you have, if, if you know someone wants to do this, like help them out. Mm-hmm. Like it's probably not going to cost you anything, but at the same time, you know, I'd be lying if I said it's all kumbaya and stuff like that. Right. right. We, uh, we did, we did a, a, a movie. We reviewed a movie called a soldier story. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. the, the main, uh, antagonist Sergeant Waters mm-hmm. was this black guy mm-hmm. who seen could the movie, not seen the movie stand. plenty of times, man. Seen the movie plenty of times. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm Sergeant Waters, right? right? Like sometimes I feel like the black race can't afford to have you. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know those are and and that's a certain level of responsibility. You don't want to introduce something negative into the world mm. or. And that's, I, that's, I that's know, what, man. but no, 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 no. That's what Justice actually was saying. And I'm, 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 I'm going to bring this over to Jay. That's what Justice was actually saying. He was saying that there's so many people out here doing podcasts and so many people out here doing trashy podcasts. And so when he wanted to do this and put this thing out, he wanted to make sure it was substantive. You know, it has some, it has some meat to it. So I, I understand exactly what you're saying with the Sergeant Waters and, and the Geechee and what he was saying about that. So Jay, when you, when you, when you look at it from that side, when we have so many podcasts like we like we talked about out there throwing stuff out, not all this is good. Let's be real about it. Not all this is good. So when you're creating your content for all your podcasts, are you thinking about the greater good? Or are you thinking about getting that information out there? Um, both. Okay. Um, I, I think it is. I think it is incredibly important to uh, to have a voice. But I think one of the worst things that we can do is to have a platform and be um, uh, disingenuous or Mm -hmm. destructive. Uh, I mean, 
look, I, I will happily say this without getting into too much detail, but we had a, we do these preview episodes. Like, mm-hmm. um, like, so we do a full episode and then a, every other week and then the off weeks we do preview episodes where we just announce them a movie that we're going to do the next week. And mm-hmm. then we just like pick a, pick a topic to talk about that are normally uh, very aimed at, at blackness or, you mm-hmm. know, something that's going on in the news or whatever. Right. Um, and we had done a previous episode a couple weeks ago that we talked about the idea of black people who have a platform telling black people not to vote. Yeah. yeah. And I am a huge politics person, right? Yeah. Like one you, of our shows. Is you went off on that, bro. You went off on that. Well, yeah, I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> you went off, bro. And, you, and the guys on the show were very encouraging of my shenanigans, which was not a good idea. Um, but I, I did call some people out specifically by name, which is not really my thing. I try not to, I, mm-hmm. I'm not a like, what with these people? I, that's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it meant, it means so much to me. Like I was, I, I felt obligated to be very vocal about it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that using your platform for good is, is what you should aim for. And that's what we try to aim for. Look, sometimes we make fun of, you know, sometimes we, we pick movies just mm-hmm. to rip them down. Cause it's funny. Right. right? Like, we do. Trust me. Right, in right. about two weeks, that's exactly right. what we're going to do. Um, and then we pick movies that I think have a far heavier and stronger message, mm-hmm. and we pick them for a reason. Not mm-hmm. just because these are good movies, but because I think they are movies that um, talk about something that – like talking about films is a, is, a, is an easy way to talk about very serious topics. Right. I mean that's kind of the, the reason why films exist right. in, in, in large part. Um but especially like talking about topics that affect our community specifically, like I was so excited after seeing Moonlight for us to do Moonlight Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because there is so much, you know, there's a lot of homophobia in our community. I mean, we can just be honest about it. It just is. And it exists. And it's nice to, to be able to talk about a movie head on and not have to parse words. And, you know, the three of us, Terrence isn't here. Uh, He's the third person in the group. Right. Um, the three of us are pretty um, enlightened guys. I, I would argue on topics like that. Like, you know, we're just not, not like, Oh, that's you know so bad or I can't deal with it. So we have really serious adult conversations and talk about, you know, our feelings on these things when we were young, right? right. Like we weren't perfect people and we mm-hmm. had these mm-hmm. views and things like that. So we use the platform to have a conversation and to be honest about ourselves. And we hope that people, when they listen are honest about themselves and how far they've come or how far they can go. Right. Okay. You know, so it's like, Oh, I do have those kind of views. Hey, maybe you guys are right. Maybe, maybe I should, you know, think about it a different way or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like we're not here to change people's minds necessarily, but we are here to give them hopefully a perspective. Maybe they hadn't thought about. And that's, right? so, that's the battle uh, right there. And I think and, it's important. Yeah. And that's that battle. And like I said, me and justice went through that battle of, are you, are you putting this out here to change someone's mind? Or are you putting somebody, are you putting this out to, enlightening and what I stated was with him I said I'm actually just doing this to give a voice or give information to people that are woke you know quote unquote work woke but just busy and their life just just move forward and so they don't have time to sit down and pontificate and think about this that and that just put out some information to where they can be like oh okay I never looked at it like that I never they're not sleep they're not <laughs> they're not ignorant it's just they don't have time and so putting out information right. like that it just in this form, in in this specific form, it gives individuals with life. I, we don't have time. I didn't have time, so I don't expect everybody to have time. 
But I know that there are people out there that want to, that want this information, that want what you guys are doing, what Black Fathers Now is doing, and some of the other podcasts are doing. It's just putting it out there responsibly and or just out there for the greater good. Put it out there so that people know and get get full and move forward. So I apologize from, uh, for uh, uh, filibustering that, but it's about that time for us to get up out of here. I want to thank Jay and Micah for taking time uh, to sit here and talk about black podcasting with this thing that we're doing over the airs. Uh, you can reach Unapologetically Black on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find it. Uh, you can also reach Black on Black Cinema on Stitcher. That's where I found these brothers. So uh, look these brothers up. I am your host, E. King. Just Ice, as I said earlier, is out. Our intro music is The Black Republican uh, by Nas and jay-z please join us next week for another episode of unapologetically black peace